Monday, June 2nd, 1902, New York City, before midnight. Francesca, I think it's wonderful that you have volunteered to chair the Lady Citizen Union Funds Committee, Julia Van Wick Cahill remarked, handing off her ruby-red velvet mantle to the doorman. Slim, beautiful, and elegant, and wearing a very famous ruby pendant that had belonged to a Habsburg princess. She stood with her daughter in the front hall of their Fifth Avenue home, beaming with pleasure. Francesca, however, was preoccupied. She handed off her own light wrap, a turquoise satin to match her evening gown. Mama, I did not quite volunteer. I do believe you and Mrs. Astor decided among yourselves to make me co-chair. Julia's blue eyes widened as she feigned innocent ignorance. Darling, whatever makes you say that? My dear, you are the youngest lady to ever chair the committee, and I know you will be superb, Francesca. You always are. In truth, Francesca did not really mind being named to the chair, as her current investigation was so routine. A neighbor had realized that certain items in her attics were missing, including several valuable family heirlooms, and having read all about Francesca's last case in the city's numerous newspapers, she had requested Francesca's sleuthing services. Francesca was almost certain that Mrs. Canning's son-in-law was the thief. It is a good cause and someone has to raise funds for the party, Francesca sighed. I simply wish you had asked me first if I had the time to give the position all of the effort and attention it deserves. Julia took her arm. I'm sorry, dear. Of course I should have asked. Francesca knew very well what her mother was about. Julia was a great society hostess, and she had been aghast by Francesca's new profession. Even with Francesca's success, she remained opposed to her daughter's involvement in any investigation. Although she seemed relieved that Francesca finally had a case that was neither life-threatening nor scandalous in nature. Francesca knew her mother wanted her so preoccupied with fundraising for the Citizens' Union that she would have time for nothing else other than her fiancé. At the thought of Calder Hart, her heart skipped uncontrollably. But then, Hart had that effect on her, from the time they had first met, when she had refused to admit her attraction to and fascination with such a notorious man. He was one of the city's wealthiest millionaires, yet he had come from humble beginnings, born out of wedlock on the city's poverty-stricken Lower East Side. Until recently, in spite of his reputation as a womanizer, he had been considered the greatest catch in town, with almost every socialite vying for his attention for their debutante daughters. Hart, however, preferred to attach himself to infamous courtesans and divorcees, shying away from any serious involvement. Francesca still had to pinch herself from time to time in order to realize that it was real. She, Francesca Cahill, who owned an equally notorious reputation as an eccentric, a blue stocking, and a sleuth, had somehow snagged Calder Hart. These days, when she walked into a supper party or a ball, knives were sharpened and daggers were drawn behind her back. Once, the whispers and gossip had hurt her feelings. Now she rather enjoyed the attention. But then usually Hart was at her side, whispering in her ear, reminding her to revel in the limelight. All was not perfect, however. Her father was dead set against Hart. An entire month had gone by since Andrew Cahill had broken off their engagement 
and he did not seem any closer to coming around. Never mind that Francesca's mother was so angry she refused to speak to him unless it was absolutely necessary. In fact, Julia continued to gloat about the engagement to her society friends, as if it had not been terminated. Francesca had come to realize she could not imagine a future without heart in it, and she was determined to win Andrew over to their cause. Her father was one of the great progressive thinkers and leaders in the city. He was also a great humanitarian, and Francesca admired him immensely. She could not imagine eloping behind his back, although she and Hard had discussed it.